Talk Recorded live. I'd like to welcome you to Intel Update, number one for November of 2013. It is a Wednesday in the United States. Uh, I don't know where else it is and what it is across the world for the simple reason that we have 24 time zones across the great globe. But we're going to have a live radio broadcast tonight dedicated to the pure white European men, women, and children and nations of the world who are the lost sheep of the man called Israel. Israel was never called a landmass. we got to get it straight here. Many of you newbies out there, you may be coming in, and you're going to hear a few things out there that is going to be very different, very different than what you possibly have heard in your life. But don't let it get to you, whatever you do. Don't let it get to you, because we are going to have a very, very strong broadcast tonight on a very interesting subject matter. Thank you for joining us tonight for this radio broadcast. If you'd like more information and learn more concerning the information discussed this evening, or if you have any questions relating to the content that will be discussed here tonight, you can either write me, Dr. James P. Wextrom, P.O. Box 308, Linwood, L-I-N-W-O-O-D, Michigan, 48634, U.S. of A, or email me at jamespwickstrom at yahoo.com. Yes, we're dedicated to the white race and to the purity of the white race and the white nations upon this earth. We're proud of it. We're not going to back off it. We are not going to cow down to it because that is not what we are going to do. So you see, we're going to have ourselves a gathering here tonight, and we are going to have a great time. I want you to be aware again, watch out, have great respect for those in the chat room, watch your language, you'll be muted immediately, you know how that goes. We're not going to lower ourselves to the level of the animals in the world, the other two-legged or whatever. <laughs> you bet. Joining me tonight, Pastor Visor, a Christian Identity Minister. Uh, Pastor Visor, welcome to Intel Update. Thank you for having me on yet again, Dr. Wickstrom. It's always a pleasure to be here. I almost feel like saying ho, 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 considering the time of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got one of them in the White House. But anyway. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I heard the gardener, he got fired last week in the White House. Um, it was pretty sad. Uh, he was in the garage and he was looking and the main security guy came in and he said, hey, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for the spade in the hole. <laughs> well, that was the end of his job right there. <laughs> they got yeah. rid of him in a heartbeat right now. Not politically correct. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we'd like to say hello to James, our elder, up in the northwest. Uh, salutations in the great name of Yahweh in English, Ayad Hivahi in Aramaic. Saying hi to the bishop up in Maine, Bishop Frank. To Ronell up in Alaska. And Scythian, you're on the chat over in Europe and hell down in Florida. And to everybody else, greetings in our Father's name, Yahweh the Christ. The sun's in Sagittarius. The new moon just took place December 2nd. The full moon's coming on December 17th. Uranus will go direct the same day as the full moon, December 17th. And Mars, the energy planet and the planet of war, will go into the sign of Libra on December 6th and stay there for eight months. Extremely rare. That's very important to me because that's my sign of Libra. Those of you who may think that the heavens don't have a language, you're absolutely incorrect. If I don't know if you've read the great writing of one of the greatest historians of our race, Josephus, Abraham taught the Egyptians. And did you know Joseph, when he was under Pharaoh in Egypt, in the book of Jasher, he was reciting these things to Benjamin, his brother, when he told him to take the map in his cup outside, look at the heavens, and come back and tell him who he was. He said, you're my long-lost brother, Joseph. Yeah, there's a bearing to it, because there's a language in the heavens as it is in the heavens. So shall it be on the earth. 
Pastor Visor, we're going to have ourselves a dandy here tonight. And uh, i got to get the woman of Gad unchecked here. I know she's going to be in there having a good time tonight. You know, we have this phony baloney, i.e. Christmas season, this pagan holiday. Um, we, we've got to expose this because it is not part of our holy parchments. You know, Yahweh, he gave us three, eight holy days of celebration, the Feast of Passover and the, the Feast of uh, uh, um, Tabernacles, okay, and our three different feasts in which we're to honor throughout the year. And Christmas is not listed as one of his holy days. You can't find it in the Scriptures. You can't find it in the Septuagint. You cannot find it in the Aramaic. You can't find it anywhere in his written word spoken or through the prophets. And it's really interesting because Pastor Beiser is totally made up by the traditions of men. No matter how well of a meaning that may attempt to be, it's made up by the traditions of men, Pastor Beiser. So true, so true. And, and like every other consumer holiday, the Jew has their, you know, if you follow the money trails, the Jew seemingly is the one who profits right now because uh, down here in the South, the day after Christmas, it went nuts. Somebody compiled a video and put it on YouTube, and there were like seven different riots at Walmarts on Black Friday sales. So that just kind of gives you an idea of the madness, especially with the subhuman Mau Mau's. That's right. You know, the Merchants of Venice by Shakespeare... Uh... I don't know if a lot of you ever read that, but it was mandatory reading in literature in the colleges and high schools when I was there. I graduated way back in a couple of years ago in 1960. And anyway, my gosh, that's over a half a century ago. You know, that really sounds old. But anyway, uh, Shakespeare identified the merchants of Venice as being the Jew. And they no longer will permit that to be taught in the literature classes in the universities, colleges, and high schools in America today because it is so blatant in what Shakespeare said about him, Pastor Visor. I hear you. And that's so, it's so true of everything in this latter era, I think. Even this, the show we're doing, you know, talking about some of the pagan elements of, of Christmas, you know, telling the truth is oftentimes very dangerous because the majority of the Judeo-Christians out there, this is the one time out of the year they're going to church and, and asking forgiveness like a, a Sunday Christian would. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? You know, the prophet Isaiah, which I consider, if I had to have a book, if I was going to be alone and put somewhere on an island, I'd like the book of Isaiah with me. It's the most condensed of his time and the time to be. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 14, looking at it, as everyone should, as a racial historical book, prophesizing the woods as written through the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote, to our people, the pure white race now, men, women, and children, who are the direct descendants of Israel, the man once called Jacob, he said, your new moons and your appointed feast my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me, and I am weary to bear them. That's what Yahweh had Isaiah to write, Pastor Visor. Yeah, it's really interesting how almost all of these holidays really have their connections back to pagantry and have nothing to do with, you know, the the actual holiday surrounding it, quote-unquote. When you say that, I'm reminded of the proclamation in the Old Testament where it says, unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given. That's unto us, Israelites, men, women, and children, not the entire world. That's right, and, and Israelites has no Jewish connotation to it whatsoever. Yeah. It's the pure white European men, women, and children of the world today who are truly the sons and daughters of the Most High. We are a special race, a heavenly race, a godly race, if you want to be more specific. And I can get a lot deeper into that one. It's very interesting. You know, I put an offer out on that documentary uh, that when darkness falls in America... It is really a powerful documentary. It's still available. You send me $1 and a stamp, okay? $1 and a stamp, and I'll send you this documentary. I got a response back from one person, Bigfoot, down there in Tennessee. I'll call him Bigfoot. He said it's a great documentation. I mean, it is into the racial aspect of when we were a country, 
what we were when a white race controlled the country, created the country, and then they show examples of third world nations and the banana republics they are and diversified and the mongrels and everything else. And then the documentary, Pastor Visor, starts to show America turning into that type of third world nation with the decrepit cities and all these mongrels and that walk in the streets. So true, so true. And I see this in almost every major metropolitan city here in the United States. You know, when, when these hordes, these locust armies are moving in, and they are like they are now, sucking up our substance, we suddenly are becoming third world. It starts in the cities and works outward. But that's exactly what's happening, I think, to America right now, as long as we tolerate this non-white invasion that's going on. It's a curse from Yahweh God, in essence. Yes, and it's been brought on. It's been brought upon us by, because of our own actions, is what it is. And and you know, there's a lot of people. I've been teaching racial identity for 38 years now to our race. Okay, there's been high points and there's been bad low points in the gulags and everything else. I feel like Alexander uh, uh, Solzhenitsyn in many ways, but he didn't really understand Yahweh and our racial precept. But I've been in their gulags, and I know what it is, and I know what they're like, and I know who the enemy is real well, believe me. I know that the Allied armies of World War II were the satanic armies of World War II. I know that our racial uncles and cousins and grandfathers were lied to to go fight our other race in Europe, the German people who were trying to free Europe, of the of the calamity of the demonic Jews and their money system, Pastor Visor. So, you know, and it's so amazing that here in America, usury is one of the fundamental, you know, pivotal parts of our, you know, what makes this country turn, quote-unquote, or so they say. It's amazing to me how every banker is a Jew, not the tellers, but the bankers who own them. And you follow the paper trail, that's what it goes back to. But usury is forbidden just like everything else, and we are certainly under the yoke of Babylon, or rebuilt Babylon, I believe. I think even Christmas ties into that, because it does have those ancient kind of evil connotations when you study it out. That's right. That's exactly correct. And you know, it's really interesting, as we take a look here now, to this so-called Christmas that's coming upon the people, going to bankrupt a lot of people. Yeah. They're out there trying to appease and see who can buy the nicest gift for whoever they got to buy it. They don't have the money to do it, and all this other stuff. It's nothing but a man-made appointed religious feast that is not of the holy parchments, and yet it's held as holy. With, that's with a small H, small H, by the majority of the Judeo-Christians who go to their pagan churches as well as these pagan Catholics who brought it into existence, Pastor Visor. Yeah, and I think another interesting point that kind of ties into that is nowhere in Scripture are we commanded to celebrate the birthday of Christ. In fact, the only two people from my recollection who celebrated birthdays were Pharaoh in the Old Testament and Herod in the New Testament. So it's kind of interesting. It shows you, you know, that even in our own scripture, that it has kind of evil connotations at the birthday, or at least celebrating. There's nothing wrong with us celebrating our birthdays, per se. But they come along and justify this whole consumer holiday based on the premise that, oh, we're all celebrating the birth of Christ. I don't see it when people are going in debt for the latest plasma television. You know, it's right, and you know, you got all the, uh, the merchants of Venice out there, the Jews. I mean, they've, they've even got a black Santa Claus now in Africa. They've yeah. got an Oriental Santa Claus over there in Japan, okay? <laughs> and actually, it's not a white Santa Claus in America. That's a Jew. That's a Turco-Mongolian Jew in that communist red uniform in that sleigh that is pulled by reindeer through the sky. That's how they've got our people dumbed down. But, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, the symbols of Christmas are totally a pagan religious item. December 25th was not the time of the, our, our, our father's birthday anyhow on this earth, because if it was the shepherd and the, and, and the, the sheep in the hills, they would have all been frozen to death. We, knew that, we know that just on the weather situation. And, you know, Yahweh Almighty, the Christ, says in his written word that he hates man-made religious holidays and commands us not to celebrate them. Nowhere in the scriptures or parchments is the evergreen tree 
even related to a sign of, i.e., Christian life, but it is an ancient heathen idol used in child murder rituals. The olive branch and the olive tree is a national tree of Yahweh's covenant people, as revealed in the parchments. And here's another thing. This is very important. The United States Congressional Record testifies to the truth that I.E. Christmas is a holiday of pagan origin. Now, I want you to really think about that. That is very important. That it's even in the congressional records in Washington, Pastor Visor. Yeah, it is really interesting because I believe it's the prophet Jeremiah who actually had many, like, uh, condemning idol worship. And the evergreen or the, the green tree definitely plays into that. And I think there's much significance in that. And, and also the whole Satan clause aspect of it. It's only one, one word moved over, but it sure represents it. Because I live in Atlanta, and at least here in America, our representation of Santa Claus is really defined by Coca-Cola, ironically, and has no resemblance to St. Nick or any of that. Well, you know, that's absolutely right. And you know what the Jews do? They're out merchandising. Remember the merchants of Venice. I'm going to pour that into people's heads out there, okay? The merchants of Venice. And, and what they love to do and what they do do, and this is very, very interesting, they've got everyone out there buying retail. I mean, not wholesale, but retail. And it's really interesting that when it's all over and all the hoopla's done and all the buying is done and they got all the shekels and that from the goyim, from the white race and whoever else, then they pull the shades down real tight so no one can see in. And they all get around the cash register and they hold hands and they, 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 they do the Jewish dance around the cash register and say, what a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah. You know, another interesting thing <laughs> that you've brought that up is that not only while the Jews are counting their money and the store is closed on quote-unquote Christmas Day, they also have the Gentiles or the Goyim in there now marking everything down. So when the people bring their products back the next day or the day after Christmas to return them, it's at half price because they don't have the receipt. That's the right. Jew, the Jew really profits on this holiday. Now listen carefully out there because I'm going to feed you some information tonight. You know I love to document what I talk about. I love to do ancient research on the paleo level of extremely paleo history on civilizations, other races, and these things that have been here on this earth a long, long time ago, separated from each other even through individual DNA going back 150 to 200 million years. But listen carefully because in the congressional record, E as an easy, 13461, dated December 14, 1971. This is what it says in Washington, D.C., in the congressional record. As Christmas comes down to us today, it is a rich heritage of customs, traditions, folklore, and legend, drawn by many lands and people. See, diversity. The idea of celebrating honor about December 25 was born among the ancient people long before the birth of Christ. In Rome, it was the Dies Natalis Invicti Solis, the birthday of the unconquered son, S-U-N. In the same manner, other customs, originally pagan in origin, have been assimilated into our so-called Christmas heritage, such as the decorative tree, the glowing candles, the story of Saint and Santa, stockings by the fireplace, greeting cards, yule logs, all are now associated with the birth of Christ. This is your congressional record, E13461 of December 14, 1971. <clears throat> and I want to remind the listening audience out there, it's very important, I want to remind you very much that for well over a hundred years, our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., did not lead the way for a national so-called Christmas recognition. <clears throat> And as the moral decline of America grew, so did the federal sanction of the pagan Christmas celebration. So you see, this is what happened. And here's what happened here, Pastor Visor. 
from uh, what was called A Brief Story of the National Christmas Tree, written by C.L. Arbadige for the National Park Service of the U.S. Department of the Interior, in November of 1923, First Lady in the White House, Grace Coolidge, gave permission for the District of Columbia Public Schools to erect a Christmas tree on the eclipse south of the White House. The organizers named the tree, quote, the National Christmas Tree. That Christmas Eve at 5 p.m., President Calvin Coolidge walked from the White House to the ellipse and pushed the button to light the cut 48-foot balsam fir as 3,000 enthusiastic spectators looked on. So you see, there it is. It's established, and therefore the United States Code, 5 U.S.C. 6103, and not our parchments, established this pagan holiday, December 25, as a federal legal public holiday, as per Washington, D.C., Pastor Beiser. And it really goes to show how much Jesus Christ or, or, or celebration of his birth was in that aforementioned ceremony. You know, a lot of people may be saying, well, why is this important? I personally believe that if we as parents lie to our children about <clears throat> Santa Claus coming down, the, you know, and bringing presents, then we shouldn't be surprised when they grow up, they're 18 years old, and they think we lied to them about Yeshua Messiah as well. That is exactly correct. And why am I putting this out tonight? I'm putting it out because it's the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me, Yahweh the Christ. And I'm doing it on a racial plane, because we have stopped being a holy people unto our Father. We have stopped being a holy nation unto our Father. We have set aside His laws, including the law of execution for race-mixing, treason, traitors, rape, first-degree murder. We have set aside His laws, and we have become a disrespectful people, and we have insulted our Father for not obeying Him, as our ancestors early on in this nation, you took a man's horse, he got hung. You got hung, brother. You raped a woman, you got hung or shot. Premeditated murder, found guilty, you were hung or shot, and the mischief was taken from the street. You know, Pastor Visor in the state of Massachusetts itself, they never proclaimed, i.e., Christmas as a holiday until 1856. This is this is really important. <clears throat> yes, that's really new, actually. And, and it's so interesting because Yahweh God does command that. And, and if we don't purge the land of the evil, we live just like we do today where the evil now walks around empowered. And it's really sad in a lot of ways. I think Christmas ties into that because it's definitely the devil's holiday. And how many Judeo-Christians are duped by it is untold. I'll tell you, I have a recent lecture presentation that I've done entitled The Spirit and the Flesh of Christ Against the Spirit and the Flesh of Satan and His Children, the Jews. And I'm, this is no boogie-woogie lecture presentation. It goes right into the iPods. It goes into the movie houses. It goes into all these young people out here. Our young racial boys and girls flocking to the theaters to see these werewolf and vampire movies and blood drinking and cannibalism and they're mesmerized, hypnotized by these iPods, B-pods, and all these other games that they're playing and everything else. It's a very powerful presentation. In fact, it's yours. If you want to send me $1 in a stamp, I'll send you a copy. What do you think of that? You're going to be amazed. I'm telling you, I had a lady watch it. She said, I want 10 copies of that. I know where they're going to. I just told you, a dollar and a stamp. It's one of my latest lectures, The Spirit and Flesh of Christ Against the Spirit and the Flesh of Satan. I'm Dr. James P. Wickstrom, P.O. Box 308, Linwood, L-I-N-W-O-O-D, Michigan, 48634. I'm in the U.S. of A. You people, if you're not in this country or from Canada or wherever, please slap a, slap a couple more bucks in there to cover that airfare because... Our, our postal rates are going right through the roof. I think it's deliberate because they do not want us to get anything out of here or whatever. 
In Massachusetts, this is very important here, from the records of the General Court, Massachusetts Bay Colony, dated May 11, 1659. See, I'm prepared for this broadcast tonight. This is what is written. For preventing disorders arising in several places within this jurisdiction by reason of some still observing such festivals as were superstitiously kept in other communities, to the great dishonor of God and an offense of others, it is therefore ordered by this court and the authority thereof that whosoever shall be found observing any such day as Christmas or the like, either by forbearing of labor, feasting, or any other way, upon any such account as aforesaid, every such person so offending shall pay for every offense five shilling as a fine to the county, unquote. Five shilling was a lot of money back in May of 1659 in Massachusetts, Pastor Visor. Yeah, it was. It'd probably be the equivalent of about 250, 500 today, but my, how the world has really changed, you know, because Christmas is even celebrated in the public school system, and, and I'm glad you brought up postal rates, because one thing I've noticed is not only do they, the post office uh, put out their annual Christmas stamps like they do around this time of year, but in the last five or ten years, they've also put out Hanukkah and Kwanzaa interchangeably right around the same exact time. And, so and you know what that is? That is direct pagal racial traditions being forced down our throat of this land that our ancestors not only created and formed and cut out of the wilderness, that is nothing but heathen and pagan, if there was any, or action to be taken against. Amen. Amen. It truly is, you know, and it does center around that, though. The whole pagans, they get into it. In fact, when I grew up in Los Angeles, it was always the Hispanic Catholics that really, really took Christ Mass or, or the Mass for his death, which is a really weird name. But they took it really, really serious, and they got into it, and there'd be nativities everywhere. And like the Jew always does, they would play both sides of the fence and burn both ends of the candle, and they would be also the ones who were not only profiting, but out picketing the nativity store you know, in the church lawns because they hate Christ. That is exactly correct. That is right. So you see, this is what, what the problem is in America today. We have lost our way. We, the pure white European men, women, and children, have lost our way of, of honor and etiquette, of morals and respect, of dignity, of truth, of understanding and started to adopt now and assimilate in with these slime ball dirt balls out here that are not of us, like these Turco-Mongolian uh, 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 demons in shoe leather called Jews, and their little mixed horde out here, these little brown squat pimple-faced Mexicans of a Heinz 57 that have come in here from Guatemala and wherever else, bringing their filthy disease and crime and everything as well as those that the Jews brought over here on their slave ships called blacks, Pastor Visor. It's really true, and I've noticed it, especially in the last 20 years, a culture shift to where Negroes have really, by our Jewish media, been put in the limelight as some type of, of genius. And, and, you know, back in the 80s, they would have been, been seen as stealers, thieves, and plagiarizers because they would sample white music. And now hip-hop is seen as a great art form and really, really pushed upon our race. And unfortunately, a lot of our younger men and women they fall for it. You see them driving around listening to, to anti-white music. Well, it's been almost 15, 20 years on the campuses and the universities in America that if a beautiful or any white girl, young white woman, didn't have a big black buck as her boyfriend, she just wasn't accepted. She yes, was racist. She was not accepted on, on campus in the different sororities or other groups, Pastor Visor. So true. It's like, especially since Obama became president, you know, everyone 
wanted, at least here in the South, the white, a lot of the white women, the lower degrees, who were like, oh, I got to have a black boyfriend, you know, and I invite the listener to really research the quote unquote bandwagon effect because it shows how the Jew use, uses fixed statistics to oftentimes sway us, because people always want to be in the majority, and what I'm saying is all the Jews got to do oftentimes is say, well, Christmas is, you know, it's, it's a Christmas holiday, it's Christian, and the majority buys it, hook, line, and sinker. I'm telling you, they, they not only buy it, I'm telling you, they gobble up on it, and, they, and then they wonder why everything's going to hell in a handbasket. I see that Lance from Connecticut isn't on here tonight. Uh, I got a wonderful letter uh, from his wife. I'd like to kind of share it with everybody out there. Uh, I met them for the first time in Kalamazoo, Michigan, back about six, seven years ago, maybe a little more now, when I went down there and spoke about blacks killing white people on the streets of Kalamazoo. It it was really interesting. (laughs) And you'd be surprised. Uh, They sat by me, and they had their identity in that, and Lo and behold, he kind of poked me on the arm. He said, Pastor Wickstrom, look, look. He said, there's a huge wood chipper out there. And we laughed. There was a monster wood chipper, and you know I like wood chippers. But anyway, she sent me a wonderful little letter here. I know they're going to be listening to this lecture later during the week. A true story. Uh, uh, She said, I I had to send this uh, a true story to you. Uh, I myself was watching PBS public broadcasting station, and they had a documentary about the Hola hoax, and the young children in groups spoke with an old Hola hoax survivors. She said, you're going to love this. Uh, the Jew was telling the youngsters how tortured and separated from their families they were. And then the Jew said, the Jewess, they, they'd come and take the people, and we would see, quote, the flames, unquote, come out of the chimney flames not black or white smoke she said i couldn't believe it she said i'm going to try and get a title and send it to you she said uh, uh on rmpbs.org uh, uh but she said belated happy birthday 71 to you they're wonderful people lance from connecticut and his wife and they were there and and went through the whole turmoil there when we went down uh the huge group Whites against blacks killing uh, uh, whites in the streets of Kalamazoo, uh, Michigan. You know, it reminds me uh, uh, of the Jews and their testimony, and and they were talking about those dirty Germans, of which we know it's not true. We know there was the only Holocaust I know about is when the Jews butchered uh, uh, tens and tens upon millions of our race, white Christian Russians, uh, Germans, uh, uh, Lithuanians, Estonians, and, and uh, many others over in Eastern Europe and that, all right? That's the real Holocaust. And then we had even a, a greater one, which was the abortion clinics of our race. But anyway, there was the Jews, and they're in the court, and they're, on, they're testifying. You know, one would lie, and the other one would swear to it because they're a race of liars. And one would say, oh, I could tell that... They were burning Jews that day in the chamber. And they'd say, well, what do you mean? Well, we could tell we would look at the chimney, and we would know if they were Jews from Poland because there would be purple smoke come out of the chimney. And then she said the next day we would look at this other chimney, and there would be pink smoke come out of it. And then we knew there were Albanian Jews being burned in the furnace. <laughs> And the people believe that. They believe this testimony. There is no smoke that comes out of a crematorium. We're now over 90% water. And everyone believes this garbage. And that's why she wrote this to me here about this Jewess, this lying bitch, saying that flames were coming out of the chimney because Jews were being burned. She was in there as a so-called education Jew for the little children about the whole hoax, Pastor Visor. It actually really becomes quite comical after a while, because left to their own devices, the Edomite will always go into these realms of, oh, I had to live with wolves, I had to survive on my bodily fluids. There were Jew hair pillows and lampshades and soap and all of those things. And, and I had to write my diary, my Anne Frank diary, half of it I had to <laughs> write with a ballpoint pen. 
and and I went into the future hiding in the attic. I went into the future to 1952 when the ballpoint pen came out, and then I came back into that attic, and I wrote the rest of my diary with a ballpoint pen. Oy vey, I know, it really, and, and all of that has been so discredited by even common sense. There really is a mass hysteria surrounding it, which is why I think our enemy has such a vested interest in doing just like that met letter mentions. And I know here in the South, they push in the public schools at least once a year a, a quote-unquote Holocaust survivor, which, which at this state in history would have had to have been maybe 12 years old. They are responsible for all the righteous blood shed upon this earth, Pastor Visor. From A to Z, exactly. And Jesus Christ said it, and I don't know how many times he said they're from beneath. And, and even the latter New Testament apostles said the Jew is contrary to all men. And I've come to the realization late at uh, this stage in my life that, frankly, that's why the Judeo-Christians are so infeminized, because the Jews not contrary to them, by default, they become queer. Well, you know, they also said, if you'll recall, they also said, let his blood be upon us and our children forever. So true. And Jesus Christ in his parable of the tears and the wheat most certainly said that the, the, the devil who sowed them, that there were tear, the tares are the children of the wicked one, period. So that's a much valuable second witness, I believe, to the Judeo-Christian who might be saying, what are these guys talking about? There's no children of the devil. <laughs> By golly, Jesus Christ said there was. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you want, I'll tell you, the spirit and flesh of Christ against the spirit and flesh of Satan, <clears throat> you think there's not a, a demonic side or a demonic dimension that is present around us at all time of fiends and demons on the other side, you watch this presentation I put out, and you see the information that I put forth on this. Our battle is not just a battle of flesh and blood. We are in a battle of flesh and blood, but we are also in a battle against the evil spirits and the fiends and the demons of these Jews and Satan, their father, Pastor Visor. Amen. And I really believe that at, the, that at this stage in history, many of our people are, are unfortunately drunk on the wine of the horror, uh, the, the horror of Babylon and, and her fornication, because we see more and more globalism, more and more in route to a, a one world order. And that's, in essence, them saying all gods are one. And like you said, this country wasn't established so every Satanist, paganist, and naturalist or whoever could come over here and, and practice their religion. It was designed for Christians by white Christians. You know, that's exactly 100% true. From Ronald up in Alaska. Ronald, how you doing up there? You always blessings with you and your family. Uh, Ronald said, I am now reading Trotsky. When this Talmudic puke was in Mexico, the kikes from New York sent a security detail to Mexico to protect him before he became the butcher of the white Russians in white Russia. And it was the Jew banks on the east coast of the United States that provided the transportation and armament to the Jews. They trained the executioners. Over 250 Jew executioners were trained in the south side of the Bronx and sent to white Russia to execute the men, women, and children there in that overthrow by the Bolsheviks Jews and the butchers Lenin, Marx, and Trotsky. Just want to bring that up to you on a racial plane of understanding. And they also are in head, they're in charge of your homeland security here and all this other garbage, and they're infested like a bunch of rotten, pathetic cockroaches in your Congress and Senate right up into the White House. The abomination of desolation, Pastor Visor, is all around us because of our disobedience. So true, so true. And I don't know how many times us as a people in the media or in the public sector are bombarded with the six million, six million number. Seventy-five years later, these Jews are still running at the mouth about six million. And I know there's got to be more than six million white babies born in the or, or crucified in the Jewish, you know, infanticide mills in this country at least per year. So what does six million mean seventy-five years later? But they sure push it because they have a vested interest to profit on it. 
They take them beautiful Germanic white Russians and little children, and the Jews made special boxes that they put these little children into with their arms and legs sticking out, but it was a box that contained the rest of their body. And they had a door in the back, a little door they'd open, and they'd put seven or eight starving rats that they had in there to eat on that little child, and they'd sit there and foam at the mouth. Yes, I've read the testimony that came back through the congressional records back in the early 1900s of which was hidden in Washington under whiskey and tobacco. I've read the documentation. I have it in my library here, all right? I do have a wonderful library that I go to. I'm fortunate to have uh, so many of the wonderful books that were still available back then. I don't know if you're aware of this, Pastor Visor, but for many years there was a lot of anti-Jew books and writings in the libraries across America, like A Leopard Never Changes Its Spots and many other kinds, okay? But, you know, what they would do before they put those metal identification things in the books where you couldn't take them out or it'd make a sound, they would send the Jewesses in with their shopping bags, and they'd spend the whole afternoon in libraries looking for books that identified them as being the communists and the vile bastards that they really are. And they would grab these books and put them in their shopping bag and everything, take them out, and then they would burn them in their furnace or throwing them in the trash. That's how a lot of them ended up disappearing out of all the libraries and the universities, colleges, high schools, public libraries. That's what took place, Pastor Visor. That's a really good point, too, because I've also noticed that a lot of these secret societies, you know, whether it's the Illuminati or, or the Freemasons or whatever, they also seemingly oftentimes have a vested interest in removing history and have almost like a dutiful obligation, you know, because I know from past experience, I've had many books written by Captain Morgan about Freemasonry exposed and so forth, and they've come up missing from my library, so I believe a Freemason might have taken them, not to go into those realms, but that's really how a lot of these things operate, is they love erasing history, and now we live in a paperless age where those books, like you mentioned, in your library, and I have a few, are even more valuable than they ever were. And here's another thing I want to bring up to you people. If you've never read the Ethiopic uh, scriptures of the birth of, of our father Yahweh in a flesh body that Isaiah said would happen as per the historical chapter 7 and 9 in Isaiah, he was not born in a stable with the cattle and the animals as the goyim. That's what the Jews have done, the translators. He was born in a cave outside of Bethlehem. This is extremely important. And, yeah, yeah. The, and the wise men that came to see him were white. They yeah, were true. of the Aryan ancestry east of the Euphrates from the Hindushim, the northern India province of power that was over there because Nahor, the brother of Abraham, was east of the Euphrates. And that's where Jacob sent some of his sons to get pure-blooded wives to breed their children with, okay? And those wise men who came were white. They were Aryan white. They weren't of the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob's progeny, etc., but they were still racial brothers of the racial blood. There was no black. There was no Oriental. There was yeah. no Eskimo. There wasn't an Aborigine. They were all white wise men. And another reason there couldn't have been a black wise man, Pastor Visor, have you ever seen a black who was wise? Exactly. I've never even heard. You know, I, I hear about that elusive, you know, silverback black wise man from these liberals who often say, well, not all blacks are like that. Some blacks are good. But I still, can, you know, have to admit I have yet to see it, a black wise man. But it's a good point because every nativity across America this time of year is going to have that multi cultural three wise magi but you right know it, it wasn't there 20 25 years ago it wasn't there that that black in the manger wasn't there 
Yeah, they are history changers, and they definitely have a, a vested interest, you know, in perverting history. And Christmas is one of those perfect things, I think, uh, at least one of their cards, because they make it hokey. They put in the minds of our children, you know, and oftentimes I think adults aren't subtle enough to catch it, but children aren't stupid. And they put in our, uh, they instill within them a sense of greed. You know, and, and, oh, if you're good, Santa might reward you. Satan might reward you. When in reality, if our works are pure before Yahweh, you know, he might choose to not see him as filthy rags. You know, that is exactly 100%. You know, this decorating of a tree. <laughs> let me let, explain something to you here from the book, uh, A Thousand and One Christmas Facts and Fancies by A.C. Hotz, H-O-T-T-E-S, page 155. The Christmas tree originated in Egypt because it was used in connection with the festival of the goddess Isis. Period. Period. Pagan tree, right out the gate. I mean, if that's not a damning quote, I don't know what is. It tells you exactly where the evergreen bush stems in. And I do know there's prophecies in the Old Testament where Yahweh calls for, you know, the trespassers in our land oftentimes to be hung upon an evergreen bush to turn away the wrath of Yahweh God. But it shows how the Jew takes it and turns it into lasciviousness and licentiousness. That is exactly right. So people say to me, well, you don't celebrate it. No, I said, I don't. I have nothing to do with it. Don't want anything to do with it. I said, our people are so misled. Don't get me wrong now, okay? I can go by their buildings, and sometime in the summer, your windows are down. It's nice, and you can hear their choir inside these Judeo-Christian churches, and that they're singing, hallelujah, 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 and they're singing, and it's beautiful, but they don't know what they're singing. What they're singing is, Hail to Yahweh. They don't even know it. They don't even really know his name, but they're singing it because it sounds beautiful. It is beautiful. But if you put the connotation of understanding of what his name is, and you put that music behind it, and our race singing it, Pastor Visor, there's power there. Yeah, there is. And it truly is. You know, when our people get together and they do extol or or praise Yahweh God, you know, and raise our voices to him, it is a beautiful sound. And that's really what I think the Judeo-Christian televangelist profits on. Because while we call it churchianity, it really is emotionalism. They get lifted up within it. And all of those things it's supposed to represent, Christmas, like the birth of Christ, etc., it never really seemingly does. Just like you said, they don't know, hallelujah is a praise to Yahweh. And and so I lay that at the feet of the false prophet. You know, they really are misleading the flock, and that's why shows like this are so important, that we continue to tell the truth in season and out of season. You know, the stench and the poison of the vomit that comes out of the preachers and ministers of Judeo-Christianity and this Roman Catholic whore is so stenchful and rotten and stinking, all right, because the poison is at the pulpit that has totally, truly destroyed our race in the white nation so far. Please remember, even politicians go to church. This is very important. And they're fed the same bunch of malarkey and garbage and the venom of the snake, the venom of darkness, the venom of the snake of Judaism. That I eat, Jesus was a Jew, or the Jews are God's chosen people. Oh, come ye and celebrate with us with diversity and race mixing, and bring your homosexual couples into our temples that we can marry them. These are just the temples of Baal, Pastor Visor. And that's such a great point, too, because at this time of year, you know, the Jew really, again, as we mentioned, prophets. But what I want to point out is that Billy Graham today is no different than Balaam was. He's a, he's a you know, a politics 
profit in a roundabout way, if you think about it. And, and it fits in perfectly because while we're here in Judeo-Christianity, or many of our people are, they don't know that the Talmud, and according to the Jews, teaches that Jesus Christ is the false prophet Balaam, or they use that as a code word for him. So what I'm saying is it's really interesting because, in my opinion, Joel Olstein and Billy Graham and many of these other people are temple prostitute false prophets, and, and our Bibles even teach that they existed way back in the Book of Kings. You know, it's interesting, Billy Billy Graham's name was Billy Frank. He came from the Jew family out around Kansas. They were in a drugstore out there. He's of a Jew blood, and I have the documentation to prove that they're Jews, okay? And there you go, and that's why he, no one's ever done nothing, and the Jews never attack him or anything, because he's speaking their vomit is what he's doing. Billy Graham's name is Billy Frank. Yes, and I, and I literally, literally heard him, seen him take his daughter out on the stage with her black buck boyfriend and use her, Billy Graham I'm talking about, as an analogy of how Ezra and Nehemiah are books that preach tolerance. Well, that's the exact opposite of what the truth is, and it tells me that a lot of our people don't even open the book to see that those books deal with putting away foreign wives and oftentimes destroying the mams or offspring that culminated from those relationships. But you see, <clears throat> that's right. History can only repeat itself if the people don't understand history. That is the key. If you don't understand the past, you don't know the present, and you'll never know the future. This is what it's all about. You know, our father had written in the historical book of Deuteronomy, which is history and law. In fact, it's the case law book of our father, Yahweh, in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, and the people in South Africa and Zimbabwe, who used to be Rhodesia, they bought into their phony churches and preachers who told them not to rise up and kill all them damn black communists out of their land, too. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, You shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which you shall possess serve their gods upon the high mountains and upon the hills and upon and under every green tree. And you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And you shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place, saith Yahweh. So amazing, too, because not only did Martin Luther mirror that exact quote, but so did Adolf Hitler. And, and, and for quoting Deuteronomy verbatim, they are so vilified. But when it comes back to it, the ultimate answer of the pagans, the Jew, and the enemy of God is utter purgement, else they grow up to our eyebrows. And that's where we're at today with the apostate filth, in my opinion. That is exactly right. And you know, it also says, and this is a commandment out of Isaiah 57, that's chapter 57 of the historical writings and the law of Isaiah the prophet, 57 verses 3 to 5. But draw you hither near, you sons of the sorceresses, the seed of the adulterer and the whore. Against whom do you sport yourselves? Against whom make you a wide mouth and draw out the tongue? Are you not the children of transgression, a seed of falsehood, inflaming yourself with idols under every green tree, slaying the children in the valleys under the cliffs of the rocks? That's exactly right. And then he told us that we're not to learn the way of the heathen. It was a commandment. He didn't suggest it. He didn't say, would you consider this? He said, learn not the way of the heathen, for one cuts out a tree out of the forest, and they deck it with silver and with gold, and they fasten it with nails and hammers that it moves not. They are altogether brutish and foolish, as it is recorded in Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 2 to 8. These Christmas supporters in these Judeo-Christian churches and these Roman Catholic churches have tampered with this verse to change it from tree decorating to merely wooden idol use. But the newer Bibles purposefully obscure the text. But in, you see, the original Hebrew language, this verse is aimed at the tree cult.
And Yahweh says, I hate and I despise your feast days. You have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and chewing your images, the star of your God which you have made to yourselves, as written in Amos chapter 5, verses 21 to 26, Pastor Visor. And those, those quotes are so powerful because they always usually refer back to what the Old Testament refers to as the, the seed or the children of the adulterer and the whore. And it, I think it's powerful because it ties so perfectly into John chapter 8, where Christ rebukes the Jews, where they claim to be Abraham's seed, and they say, we be not born of fornication. In essence, in our own narratives, these antichrists claim to be that because they know in essence, that they are born of, this, of the <clears throat> adulterer and whore. But those two quotes are powerful because it proves that Christmas, at least in my mind, are from the mind of the Jew, the mind of the enemy, pagan tree in short. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, I just put it up for the children. No, you don't. You put it up for yourself because you were told it's the thing to do since you were little. That's why our father said, come out from among them and take on not their ways. Change your ways. Come back to me, he said. Don't do these things. I abhor them, is what he said. And now we got to ask, who is this Santa Claus? Since we now see that Christmas never did have anything to do with the birth of Yahweh the Christ in the parchments, who was born in the fall of the year during the Feast of Tabernacles when he tabernacled in the flesh to his people who we are, we may want to discover precisely just what God, that's a small g, it is, that is really being worshipped at this Christmas time. Well, this brings us to the personality of the Yule season itself, embodied into none other, their God is Santa Claus, Pastor Visor. Yeah, exactly. It's so amazing, too, how also Santa Claus, with the whole tree, at least the older representation or, or of, the, of him, was really representative of the green man in a lot of ways, and several other pagan you know, gods that centered around the pagan holiday of Saturnella, to a lesser degree. So it really is a pagan holiday, and I think we've provided this evening a lot of proof, but, you know, it's definitely not Jesus, Santa Claus, you know, and our, our shame on a lot of our parents for lying to our children saying, oh, Santa's coming. But they At their minimum, they the truth. Know. They believed a lie, too. Yeah, and but in we're, turn, we're they teach their children. We're here to correct that lie. Now, there may be some of you in here for the first time listening to this radio broadcast. Get it right. And get it straight. We're not going to bend here. We're not going to duck, dive, or weave, or run under the bed and curl up in a fetal position and suck our thumb. We lay it on the line. We tell why our nation is being destroyed from within by that black communist falasha Jew queer in the White House, okay? And that he-sheep person, whoever it is he's married to. Get it straight. You know, you can play on the letters involved between... Santa and Satan. Did you know? All you got to do is take those five individual letters, S A N T A, and turn it around to S A T A N. Is there yeah. any evidence of just who this magical gift bearing elf really is? Where does the parchments warn us about that? It seeks to be like the most high God, but yet is deceiving counterfeit. Well, when we take a look at our Father in Isaiah 14, verses 4, and verses 13 and 14, Yahweh says, You shall take up this proverb against the king of Babylon, Obama, and say, How has the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased? For you have said in your heart, Obama, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne in the white house above the stars of God, Yahweh. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High God. Isn't that what he's doing, Pastor Weiser? So true, and it's always really to rob the glory from God, and, you, and we know the consequence of doing that. But, you know, as we began this broadcast on, you know, the Judeo saying, oh, it centers around the birth of Christ, 
I, I, like I said, I don't see it. It's, it's more about reverencing the Satan clause. And clause is the second part of that. Clause is also a negative connotation because many people believe demons have claws, but dogs most certainly do. Pastor Visor, give your website out or however they can get a hold of you. It's real simple. Just swing by org, or just do a web search for Pastor Visser. I should pop up in any Google or Yahoo search engine. Pastor Visor, has been a blast. Praise Yahweh. May he bless you and your family. Thank you for joining me on number one, November 4, 2013 of Intel Update. I want to say this to Unkosher and the woman of Gad out there. And so-and-so, one, I'm sorry I didn't get you unmuted. I'm so sorry I didn't see you there. Shem Caucasian Scythians, Rebecca Dove, R.D. Bradshaw, Rahawa, Penny Dreadfall, New Guy 7, Mike Anthony, John 1-1, one, one, Infra Warrior 1488. All right. Daniel 12-1, I muted you because you used some nasty language. Chucky 50, Bruce Howard 1483, Blast Fra. Biker men, Bibetsu, and of course, Pastor Visor and all the guests. It was great having you here. It's been a blast tonight. Turn, turn, keep telling the people, witness to the people. It's the coals of fire going on their head, not your head. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I'm Dr. James P. Wickstrom. I teach racial covenant identity. I teach that the white race are the good guys with the white hats and the Jews are the stinky, filthy, vermin, Turk-Mongolian communists and their mixed diversity horde of trash that want to destroy us. Until our next broadcast, goodbye.